I am a married mom of three and I am bisexual. This summer I met somebody and he mentioned, he said, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous about this. You know, in the back of his head, he's always wondered, well, what if the right girl comes along? You know, what's gonna happen to us, you know, in our family and everything that we've spent 19 years creating. Welcome to the Secret Life Podcast. Tell me your secret. I'll tell you mine. When I first started my recovery 11 years ago, I struggled through the textbook-like material on the subject. I wanted to make the addiction and the recovery from it accessible and relatable to more people by telling it in an entertaining way. Well, I'm super excited to announce I've released my first book, Secret Life of a Hollywood Sex and Love Addict. If I can help just one person find a solution or at least realize they're not broken or alone, then writing this has been worth it. You can pick up the book exclusively at Amazon or signed copy at secretlifenovel.com. And the best way to support our podcast is to subscribe and share. If you haven't left a review or rating on Apple Podcasts yet, please do. It'll help more people find our show. And if you want to be a guest, shoot me a note at secretlifepodcast at iCloud.com. Enjoy the episode. Hi, welcome to Secret Life Podcast. I'm Brianne Davis-Gant. Today, I'm pulling back the curtains of all kinds of human secrets. We'll hear about what people are hiding from themselves or others. You know those deep, dark secrets we probably want to go to our grave with? Are those lighter, funnier secrets that are just plain embarrassing? Really, the how, what, when, where, why of it all? Today, my guest is Amy. Now, Amy, I have a question for you. Okay. <gasps> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> what is your secret? Well, my secret is, um, well, I've been lying to myself for a long time about this, and so I'm excited to finally get it out. But um, I am a married mom of three, and I am bisexual. Wow. Well, first of all, bravo for having three kids. I just <laughs> have to you. say that. Because I have one and it is difficult. It's pretty crazy. They're all boys. So it's a lot of chaos. Yeah. Mine's a boy too. Uh So you're bisexual, which I I am. I think it's great. I think it's great when we step into our truth. Definitely. Was it like dramatic? Like, how did you find out you were bisexual? Did you like look at something and go, oh, I find her attractive. Like, how did it work? Um, you know, I, I've kind of, I think I've known since high school, honestly, but if looking back, I honestly think my very first crush, I was 12 years old. Okay. You know, so I think I've known for a long time, but there was, um, a kind of a mixture of both shame and I guess not understanding while I was growing up, you know, I grew up in a, a rural community in Northern Utah. And, uh, even if I fully understood what was going on, it, it wasn't something that we talked about. So, so did you know anybody that was gay or bisexual growing up? Um, you know, I did, but I didn't know it at the time. It's kind of funny, you know, coming 20 years after high school, the, I've, the, a lot of people have come out, you know, and they've said, oh, yeah, we've been this way too. But I think all of us kind of had the same idea of, of not talking about it and keeping it inside. So I, I knew a lot of people, but I didn't know it at the time. Yeah, actually, now that you're taught, I grew up in the South. 
Okay. So you're talking, I don't think I knew anybody that was gay and bisexual either. Right, right. Until but now maybe at the end of high school. Exactly. I mean, there's so many people that I've, I grew up with that have come out since Yeah. Then. So what, who were you attracted to at 12? Who was that first crush? It was, uh, it was a friend of mine and, you know, I, I, I remember getting all fuzzy and wanting to give her little gifts and, and things like that, but never really understanding, you know, where it was coming from mm-hmm. or where I was going with it. Just knowing that I felt a little bit differently about her than I did my other friends. Right. Did you feel different about her than you felt about like a boy in school? Absolutely. Especially at that time, mm-hmm. you know, when boys are kind of still gross. <laughs> Yeah, well, they you know. still are. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> just kidding, guys. I'm just joking. That was a joke. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, at the same time, I didn't feel, you know, I mean, I felt like similar feelings, but not the disgust, I guess, towards <laughs> towards her. So that's so fascinating. So when was, it? was there another time that you were like, wait, I actually like this person, like, um, like, you know, like them? I think like throughout the years and when, when I was in high school and this all came, you know, when I realized what I was and, mm-hmm. um, I couldn't, I was so scared to, to share. And, you know, once I graduated and I, um, went to college and I met my husband and I mean, let me just throw this out there. This guy is my soulmate. It's the person that I'm supposed to be with. I believe that there are certain people who are destined to be together, you know, and, and my husband and I, it hasn't been like, you know, a perfect marriage or anything like that. Nobody's marriage is. Exactly. But, you know, he, he is the one person I think in this world that can fully tolerate all of my quirks, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but there has been, there's been little crushes throughout the years. And I only told him about this about eight years ago. Oh, so we were already married and we'd had a couple of children by this point when, um, I got, I had a How breast long cancer were you diagnosis. Uh, we've been married about, so we've been married 19 years. So we've okay. been married. So 19 years. So yes. then you told him about, about 10, 11 years, years in. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I, I had a breast cancer diagnosis. And oh, I'm sorry. So we were kind of dealing with that. And I, I guess the whole thought of being bisexual didn't seem quite as scary as <laughs> the cancer thing. And so I, I spoke with him and, and it was funny because when I told him, he already kind of knew. Really? I think that when you live with someone for so long, you pick up on those little things. And so- Did he say how he knew? Um, you know, there were a lot of things. Like we always used to joke that there was a one of, one of the things on my bucket list was to kiss a girl. And he's like, well, you know, most 100% straight women don't have that on their bucket list, <laughs> you know? Yeah, because I don't. I, right. I I have kissed a girl for my uh-huh. job, but uh-huh. I that's not on my bucket list. Right, right. Like it always kind of was. So I think, and I think that he saw the way I looked at certain people or relationships I had with certain friends and kind of picked up on Probably like on your energy that. too. There's this Absolutely. energy that comes off of you, even when you don't know what's happening. Definitely. And I think that he really understood that. But this summer um, in particular, I met somebody and mm-hmm. honestly, he saw the connection between her and I before I saw it. And he mentioned, he said, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous about this because I saw this and I was like, no, 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 no. Why was he nervous? Um, I think that you know, in the back of his head, he's always wondered, well, what if the right girl comes along? You know, what's going to happen to us? Exactly. Mm -hmm. You know, in our family and everything that we've spent 19 years creating. So I think that that made him really nervous. But this girl in particular, I think that she really, and 
you know, 2020 has been weird for everybody. It's oh, been yeah, kind of a dude, rough let, year. Let's not even go. <laughs> right? Like, like, let's just take it off the calendar. Exactly. Because like, it should just, like, exactly. It should have never existed. And we moved and we had a, a pretty significant death in the family and, you know, all of the stuff leading up to it. And mm-hmm. I, I think because of everything that was already going on in my life, I was more open to the idea of allowing myself to have feelings for her mm-hmm. than I'd ever had in the past before. Well, I feel like, can I just say with this 2020 year, I feel like a lot of everybody's not skeletons, but like, let's just call it the inauthentic ways of life are all coming to the surface. Absolutely. And it's like, you are looking at your mortality and yes. it's right in your face and it, you either have to lean into it and go mm-hmm. into the dark places of your psyche or keep living blindly. Does that Absolutely. make sense? It completely makes sense. And that's exactly where my head had been, you know, mm-hmm. this whole year is that, you know, it's now or never. So let's make the best of it kind of a situation. Right. You know, and she kind of fell into my life, you know, we, we had just moved and then we went under quarantine. And so I didn't know a lot of people down here. Oh, right. And I had you I just had, moved into the neighborhood had, and yes, all that. Yeah. We had just moved. And, you know, I had spent some time on my knees praying for a friend, you know, because I was lonely and there was yeah. so much going on. And so when she came into my life, I felt like she was an answer to my prayer, honestly. Can I just ask how she came into your life? Um, So I met her, she was working um, at a local amusement park. Okay. And um, she was a performer and I just happened to see her perform one day. And I I felt like a very instant connection with her, even Uh from far away. You know, I felt very connected to her. And um, so eventually... um, our paths crossed and we met. And I mean, the connection when we met was even stronger, you know. Was it like why... an instant, just like you guys known each other for years? Absolutely. And the okay. thing was, is we had so much in common. I mean, I was completely sure that she was this person I'd pray for. Right. You know. So then what happened after that? So you guys are are growing this friendship during yes. this quarantine pa- pandemic time. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and it was the first time that I ever really allowed myself to have feelings for her. And I knew that I had feelings for her. And I, I knew that it probably wasn't a mutual thing, you know. Oh, because you, you didn't know, feel it in return? I, I didn't. It, I mean, I well, okay, that's not true. I, I did it first. And mm-hmm. then a few weeks in, I felt like she'd kind of pulled away pulled away yeah oh, she's one of those i have yes. to say there's those people that come into your life where they when you when you meet them they almost give you everything like they're yes. too open yes. and then when it gets too intimate for them they pull back and then exactly. you're left thinking like where did that go exactly and i kept wondering well what did i do you know but i kept thinking to myself well it's okay because i'm not single you know, so if we can just be friends and I can keep her in my life that way, that's all I need. But right. just like an acquaintance absolutely. instead of like a close, close best friend. Right, right. Like I just With wanted to keep feelings. her in my life. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but the problem was, is because I was allowing myself to have these feelings, mm-hmm. it was almost as if I was in high school again. Like I had oh. no idea how to behave. Like you didn't <laughs> have any boundaries or exactly. like, like – 
you want to drive by and stalk kind of situation? Yeah. <laughs> like almost because I just like, I mean, looking back, I, I did all sorts of stupid things in high school to capture the attention of a boy. You know? and so, oh, yeah, we all did like of obsessed course. look at their like, well, now it's like look at Facebook or Instagram yes. and stalk and see what yes. they're doing and blah, blah, blah. Exactly. And may I just say, I am so, so grateful that social media was not a thing when I was in <gasps> high school. Oh my God. Can I say, I say that almost every day of my life. I I can't even imagine the damage I would have done. Imagine. I can't imagine what a crazy, crazy, because you used to compare yourself to just, you know, the people in your high school or in your neighborhood, but now you compare yourself and get obsessed with people across the world. Exactly. Exactly. Like it's damaging so much. And there's so many more opportunities to connect with people. But it's I not mean, real connection. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm just so grateful that it wasn't around. But, you oh know, the God, harder that I pushed w- to build a relationship between the two of us, the more that she pulled away. And I just have to say, I've that's happened to a girlfriend recently for me. Oh, really? Too. Yeah. Where, like, she was got so close to me. And then all of a sudden, I don't know what happened. She just kept, like not responding right mm-hmm. away. And then it got worse and worse. And I'm like, what happened? Did right, I do You almost something? feel like you're being ghosted and you don't have any idea why. Yeah. You and know? I was like, did I do something? But I just right. think some people get too intimate too quick and then right. they shut down. Exactly. And that's, and that's where I kind of feel, mm-hmm. you know, what happened is I think she, she almost caught herself and decided to pull it back. And the more that I tried to find things that we had in common to try and keep her interested, the more that Reconnect. she would pull away. Yeah. Ugh. You know, and finally, eventually, without any warning, she pulled away completely and quit communication altogether. Ugh, how does that feel? It was it was heartbreaking at first, just yeah. because you know I I had invested so much in this one friendship, you know, and it's not like she would talk to me about it. It's you know, not she like she just called stopped. and said, "Listen, you're, it's too much for me. Like exactly. I need to like take a break from our friendship. Right, you've kind of made me uncomfortable. Right, like, and I would completely pull back. Yeah. Exactly. She never she never communicated. In fact, I asked her once. I said, "Am I bothering you?" And she said, "No. I'd tell you if you were bothering me." And then she doesn't respond. Exactly. And then she never did. She just blocked me completely. And so it was so confusing and heartbreaking. And, you know, she's a little bit younger than I am. And so she uh, would let her friends kind of get involved a little bit and speak for her. And that's something that really bothers me (laughs) is allowing somebody to speak for you instead of just confronting the issue and speaking for yourself, you know? And so all of a sudden it felt like it was her and all of these 20 year old cyber stalkers and me, you know, on the other end. Did they reach out and say something to you? They did. After the blog was released, um, I had a couple of people say, this is totally wrong. You, well, in fact, one of them threatened, because I guess there was some things that were recorded and saved conversations. We're going to put this out, you know, just, I mean, they really tried (laughs) to get me to kind of retaliate everything I'd said, even though everything I said was the truth. Right. Right. So it, it was, it was a little bit, you know, and with everything else that had been going on and my own anxiety and depression and losing this family member, I mean, that was kind of the final blow mm-hmm. that really left me kind of spiraling out of control for a little while. Do you just feel so depleted? I and did. Alone I was, yes, I was so, I was, I was completely, you know, and I was feeling so overwhelmed already with the 
distance education and my husband working from home. And, you know, this, she was kind of my safe zone. And to not well, she have was that. also sounded like the way, not like fantasy, but there's something about like it took you out of your reality yes. in everyday life. Completely. She and I are in two very different parts of our lives. You mm-hmm. know, and sometimes when you're drowning in what's happening in your own life, that other life looks a lot more appealing. Oh, yeah. You, <laughs> you just want to like totally disconnect and go into fantasy. World. Exactly. And That's all why of a sudden I, I didn't I'm- have that. Yeah, and I say a lot of people are addicted to fantasy and intrigue because it makes us not stay in our reality when it's boring or stressful and all that stuff. Right, exactly. So she ghosted you. Her Mm -hmm. her friends harassed you. Uh (laughs) So when what was that bottom and how did you share that with your husband? Um. So after this whole, you know, after it all started and she quit communication and her -hmm. friends started kind of butting in, I finally went to my husband and I said, you know what? I think that I need help because I can't, you know, I am so devastated by this that I don't feel like I can function. And that's something that's wrong with me. Mm -hmm. You know, if I can let this young woman... (laughs) destroy me so quickly there's something wrong and so together he and I sat down and we came up with a plan he he works in the mental health field mm-hmm. which I is definitely an advantage you know for me and so we um we called a crisis hotline through his job and they were able to set me up with a counselor who has really helped me kind of walk through everything walk through her abandoning me walk through you know, the, the secret that I've been holding of the bisexuality. And that has been probably the best thing that could have ever happened. Oh, no, it is. I mm-hmm. always tell people my bottom and my, you know, talking to a therapist twice a week and all mm-hmm. that was a turning point for my Completely. Life. Just it's, having somebody like unbiased yeah. to listen to you is huge. It's, and it's like a massage for your soul every time. Absolutely. <laughs> Definitely. Like I just walked away from those appointments feeling better. And it was funny because my therapist has told me several times, he's like, you know what? You were one of the most mentally sound <laughs> people I've ever helped, you know? And it's just so nice to not think that you're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But here's the thing. That's the thing. Fantasy and not living your truth can spin mm-hmm. a sane person insane. Completely. And that was the thing that was so frustrating is that I looked nuts to this girl. <laughs> you yeah. know? You look like a stalker. A exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I was never, ever that way. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It was, no, it, even uh, with that friend I told you, like I kept reaching uh-huh. out to her and reaching out to her and it's like by the fourth text, I'm like, what am I doing? Exactly. I am acting insane. <laughs> like she obviously doesn't want to talk to you. Why are you right. trying to make this unavailable person be your friend? Exactly. Exactly. And you know, when they do that, I think that it becomes more of an obsession because yeah. all these other people who are more inviting, you know, you don't care about exactly. You're like, I want the person that doesn't want me. To exactly. Me. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, in insane. the end, I looked crazy, <laughs> you know? And so, and it's so funny because I have so many good people in my life. So many supportive, understanding friends and family. But when it came right down to it, like you said, all I wanted was this one person. Yeah. And I think, I think that's, what's so beautiful and why I loved your blog Mm -hmm. that you were willing to show that side of you, that ugly side of you Uh that not many people, people are embarrassed to reveal. And I, 
totally recognize those same feelings, but you on top of it had the attraction quality. Right. And that just made it, I mean, you add into that emotional thing yeah. again, you know, where you're so emotionally invested because you're attracted. So it was, yeah, it got, it got crazy quickly. Well, here, I will always love to ask these uh-huh. kind of secrets, especially secrets we hide from ourselves and uh-huh. have held this for many years. So most of my life. Yeah. So I like to attach them to the seven deadly sins, not in the religious sense, more in the character defect. Right. So here they are. Let me know if any of them ring true for you. So okay. we have pride, greed, lust, gluttony, envy, anger, and sloth. You know, I would say that it would probably be a mixture of pride and lust. Why? Because, you know, I will, and even more, I think that sometimes when you're ashamed of who you are, it is a little bit, you don't want your ego to get hurt, you know, and that, that can kind of touch on the pride aspect a little bit. And then, you know, when, when I looked at her, I mean, maybe not completely at first, but yeah, it was, it was a more, it was a lust situation. I was, I'm completely unavailable. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're married. <laughs> yes. And, and, and honestly, for the most part, pretty happily married, <laughs> you know? And so I, I definitely probably a lot more of that lust factor where I saw somebody and I allowed myself to be in a, in a feel that way. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that, which was probably not a good thing for me because of the not single thing. But here's the thing. I feel like a lot of people are probably doing what you're doing right now. Oh, of course. You know, oh, they're yes. at home with their husband or their wives. They get on Instagram and they like see someone and they DM them hi. You know, uh-huh. so <laughs> it, anybody can get pulled into this trap that Completely. you're talking about. But here's right. the other thing. The, the word envy keeps sticking out in my head. Okay. And I don't know, it does does anything ring true there? I don't know why I keep thinking about well, that. You know what? Maybe you're right. Because I think that, that for a long time, I did envy those people who could be honest, who really? didn't care what people thought, but right. was more interested in being true to themselves. So, you know, I can totally see that because I did. I envied those people for a long say, time. Like, this is who I am, like yeah. me or, or not like me. Exactly. Like- and they and they weren't afraid of, you know, the retaliation or anything. They were happy being who they are. And so, yeah, I, I mean, I could totally see that. I could see the envy factor. Well, I think also the envy one's hitting me for me because you mentioned twice that she was like younger and 20 and like her yes. friends and living in a different <laughs> time period yes. than you. <laughs> Definitely. Was there, was there any way like that kind of like you wanted to go back and live that age definitely and the thing is is when I was her age I was already married Mm. you know so I didn't really have that age right you know I got married really young we were in college I didn't really even have like the cold college experience because I was living in married student housing at the time and so you know I never really experienced anywhere where she's at what what age did you get married I got married when I was 19 (gasps) oh (laughs) Oh, geez. No wonder. I I waited till my late thirties. So I have no, but you know, it's so funny. I I think I was in this mentality that I was like, you know what? I can do what I want and this is what I want and I'm going to do it. And my parents were completely freaked out by it, (laughs) you know, but at that point there wasn't anything they could do. And I mean, luckily it lasted, you know, but yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. I've known a lot of people who've done that who hasn't lasted. So yeah, you know, I guess when you find them, you find them. 
So keeping this secret from yourself, the bisexuality, mm-hmm. the, you know, finding this female attractive then going after her and then her withdrawing, who do you think this situation benefited and who has it harmed? I think it really harmed my family, you know, especially my children. I think that they were looking at this very much from the outside. Okay. You know, like one time, just last week, my five-year-old said to me, mommy, are you having a sad day? And I was like, oh, that's heartbreaking that my five-year-old even has to to worry about that, you know, but she broke my heart and I had a lot of sad days because of it. So I think in, in that range, it really, I think it really hurt my children, but turning around and looking at it differently, I think it really helped my husband and I, you know, I, I think that it really helped us, um, not only bond over the situation, but learn to count on each other, mm. you know? Um, and it was sunny because <laughs> bless my husband's heart, you know, a girl, another person broke my heart and he was still there to pick up the pieces. Yeah. And for me, that was kind of eye opening, you know, that he would still stick around. Stick <laughs> and, around. And yeah. Like the worst of the worst. Exactly. And still want to be with me. Yeah, my so, husband you know. is my husband's in the same boat. Like he okay, like stuck okay. around through the worst withdrawal I've right. ever had. Like Right. You know, and that's the, that's so important in a relationship is to know that the person you're with has your back no matter what. Yeah. Where they could see their ugliness and your flaws yes. and still love you and care and, about you. Yes, and still be there. And you know, he was the one that had to go through my bedroom and bathroom every night looking for razors because I was cutting. You know, I mean, he really stepped up to the plate and backed me up on this. So, you know, it really I think advantaged in our relationship and showed me that deciding to be with him was the right decision. Right. But I really wish that my children hadn't had to have witnessed all of it. Well, can I go back to you saying you're, you were cutting, were you cutting at that time to like relieve the pain? Most definitely. I was cutting a little bit before that because I was just so stressed out with Mm -hmm. social distancing and, you know, the distance learning with the children and there was so much, yes, exactly. Like so much uncertainty that I was kind of cutting. And I, I, I mean, I've done this for years where it's kind of an emotional release, but the cutting picked up to almost a dangerous level after what happened with this girl. Like how many times were you cutting a day time? Um, several times a day. Wow. Um, and there were a couple times where I realized it cut too deep, mm. you know, and that's a scary thing too, <laughs> is when you've cut too deep and then you have to really think and the mortality thing pops up again. Wait, do I really want this or, you know, what do I need to do? And, um, he really stepped up and he would, he would not only would search my room and, and my bathroom, but he would search me, <laughs> you know, yeah. to make sure that I was staying on track as well. Can I ask you another personal question? You don't Absolutely. have to answer it if you don't want. Okay. But where do you cu- choose to cut yourself? Uh, usually I do um, wrists mm. or ankles. Mm-hmm. Um, I Usually it's wrists or ankles. I've cut um, like up, upper arm or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But with wrists or ankles, and it, you can't always see the scarring. Okay. Does that make sense? Like yeah. I wear, I wear bracelets. I wear an Apple watch, you know, usually I have socks on. So I feel like I'm being less judged by the scarring. Right. If I cut in those places, as opposed to things that, you know, other people might be able to see. 
And now that you've been talking about this and you've been blogging about it and Mm -hmm. you and your husband are closer, do you feel like that cutting and pressure has released? I do. I do. I don't feel the need to do it anymore. And I've also seen the impact of what my cutting did on my family. Right. You know, and I I don't wish to, to do that to them anymore. But emotionally and physically myself, I don't at this point feel the need to do that anymore. Yeah. I'm so glad because (laughs) it's like, it's a spiral you can go down just like you could go down like overeating. It's just like like a self-sabotaging thing. Exactly. And that, you know, and it kind of goes into that whole self-mutilation, you know, thing where you do those things just, you know, just to get the release from it. But I also think you do, do you do those things because there's so much worthlessness inside that you almost want to like show it on the outside? Yes. And honestly, like the blood flow Mm -hmm. was very therapeutic. Like I loved seeing the blood flow because it was such a release, you know? And in fact, I used to donate blood, you know, at the the Red Cross and stuff. And I had to stop for the same reason because I loved seeing the blood flow. That's so fascinating. Yeah. I've never heard that. And I yeah. interviewed someone else that was a cutter and they did not say that. So it's oh, really? Yeah, everybody it has their different things. I guess so. There, there was something about watching that blood freely flow that was very therapeutic. Yeah, I just, I think that I have this thing like with tattoos. I have like oh, thir- yes. 13 tattoos. And okay. They're all, <laughs> they're all white. And I, whenever I go through something emotional and I get on the other side of it, I love to go get a tattoo. And it's definitely. like feeling that pain. Yes. In fact, I got one this summer and it was definitely kind of the same thing. Like it's almost a good pain. Yeah. It like hurts so much, but you're like, uh-huh. it's like a release of definitely. what was. And then you end up with this pretty picture. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I'm so glad you're not cutting now. I'm I'm glad that you've worked through that and gotten to your authentic self. Yes, definitely. But here's my big question for you, Amy. Okay. Okay. (laughs) How are you going to move forward in the future? So I've thought a lot about this actually. And for me, being honest about my sexuality is the way I want to go. You know, I don't think that right now at this point in my life, my priority is taking care of my children and helping out my husband. And I have no intention on ruining that, Mm -hmm. but I also want to be honest with myself, you know, and be open with people about who I really am, you know, and say 20 years down the road, what if my husband and I are not together for one reason or another, Right. you know, the going down the uh, woman trail, it would definitely be something that I would consider at that point, you know, But, but, and I think that being open and honest with people right now, it's going to be a lot easier than 20 years down the road when I say, oh, by the way, I'm going to date girls now, you know? And so uh, let me just say on, on my side, <laughs> being open and honest is just easier in general. Whenever Absolutely. it is 20 years. And like, I love that you're voicing, like, I just have to be who I am because yes. I can't hide in this secret anymore. Right. And I hate having to be two different people. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm one person to certain people and then I'm one person to other people where I just want to be who I am and that's it from now on. You know, I want to be happy and comfortable with me and the people who are happy and comfortable with that can stick around and the people who aren't don't need to anymore. 
Bravo. <laughs> I'm clapping for you because that's Thank great. You. <laughs> I am so grateful for you. I'm so grateful that you came on the show and you Thank shared you. your truth with us. Honestly. Well, I'm so grateful for you letting me come on the show. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> and if you want to be on the show, please email me at secretlifepodcast at iCloud.com. Until next time. Thanks again for listening to the show. Please subscribe, rate, share, or send me a note at secretlifepodcast.com. And if you like to check out my book, head over to secretlifenovel.com or Amazon to pick up a copy for yourself or someone you love. Thanks again. See you soon. Mm-hmm.